Hey there, everyone. Michael A. Bryan here from the Oracular School of Astrology with yet another question and answer segment where practicing astrologers bring me their questions and I provide them answers based on my astrological practice. Uh, hi, Michael. Hi, everyone. Uh, several times you've said that um, um, uh, Mercury and uh, Uranus is a, is a combination for astrologers. But um, supposing that one of them is quite afflicted or uh, is in a malefic house as the 6th, 8th or the 12th house, what happens with this combination? Will still remain a combination for astrologers or it um, has some nuances if afflicted or in bad houses? Wonderful, wonderful question. So the question has to do with something that I've said a bajillion million times, which is that Mercury-Uranus is the astrologer's combination. I'm not the only one who thinks this. I think that this is probably now a larger part of the astrological kingdom as being one of the things that if a person has Mercury-Uranus, they have a mind that has the ability to do the sort of juggling necessary for a person to practice good astrology. So that's what we find with Mercury and Uranus. And so the question has to do with what if that Mercury and Uranus find themselves in bad houses, such as the 6th, the 8th, or the 12th houses. The good news is that there is a version of astrology that doesn't even use houses at all. Hooray! And that version is called Uranian astrology as well as cosmobiology. So within Uranian astrology and cosmobiology, all we really care about is the hard aspect between planets, particularly the exact hard aspects between planets. So in Uranian astrology and cosmobiology, it doesn't matter if you have Mercury in Pisces retrograde, which as we know is one of the worst places for a Mercury to possibly be. It doesn't matter if you have Mercury in Pisces retrograde in a square relationship with Uranus in Sagittarius direct or retrograde, the point is that that contact of Mercury and Uranus is a combination that gives a person the sort of mental dexterity and the sort of mental chaos necessary to make sense out of astrology. Astrology is a very chaotic field. Whoever said differently told you a lie. Astrology is a field that is built on utter chaos because we as astrologers have the hubris and the arrogance of thinking that we can distill some message, some specific message out of the cosmos from a sea of a million other possible stories and that that specific story that we distill is going to be accurate for that person's life. It's crazy. It's a ludicrous thing to think because any two planets can mean 10,000 things. So what makes us as astrologers so certain when we see two planets making a particular combination? What makes us so certain that those planets will manifest their combination in one specific way versus another? What makes us certain about that is this idea of corroboration. And corroboration says that if a chart says something to you one time, Look for five other ways that chart says that same thing, and then you will be able to distill a particular message from that chart that is specific to the thing you want to talk about, as opposed to getting lost in the weeds of 10,000 things. But that requires a very specific type of human mind, and that human mind is more often than not 
possessed by people who have the hard aspect of Mercury and Uranus within their natal chart. Now, this isn't to say that that is the only combination that represents a person being a good astrologer. From a traditional perspective, you could have the rule of the ascendant in the ninth house, and that means you're going to be a good astrologer. From a traditional perspective, you could have the rule of the ninth house in the first house, and that means that you're going to be a good astrologer. From a traditional perspective, you could have any of the domiciles of Jupiter rising on the cusp of your ascendant, Sagittarius or Pisces, and that means that you're going to be a good astrologer because you're Jupiter ruled. From an astrological perspective, that could mean that you could have any of the domiciles of Mercury rising on the cusp of your ascendant and that means that you're going to be a good astrologer because you're mercury ruled and mercury is also a god of divination and of course we know that astrology is a divinational practice you could have the domicile of the sun rising on your ascendant and that could indicate that you're going to be a good astrologer because the sun is the god of prophecy and of divination as well so we've just knocked out one two three four five signs of the zodiac and there are only 12 signs of the zodiac so truthfully speaking there are many things that say that you can be a good astrologer within this lifetime I personally prefer not to do the signs of the zodiac thing with saying, oh, if you have any of the domiciles of Mercury or any of the domiciles of Jupiter or the domicile of the sun rising, that means you're going to be a good astrologer because I think that that's casting a very wide net because if that's the case, then everybody should be a good astrologer. However, the things that do tend to make a good astrologer are rule of the ascendant in the ninth, rule of the ninth in the ascendant, Mercury in any hard aspect relationship with Uranus, Mercury also in any hard aspect relationship with Jupiter. Also having Uranus conjunct the ascendant could make a person a good astrologer. Uranus conjunct the ascendant could also mean that that person comes from a house of divorce. Uranus conjunct the ascendant means that that person came from a very chaotic early home environment. Sun square Uranus, moon square Uranus, also things that say that that person might have a difficult relationship with men, a difficult relationship with their father, a difficult relationship with their mother, a difficult relationship with their family in general. These are also signatures that can say that a person can be a good astrologer. So, you see the sort of messed up person an astrologer has to actually be. You can't just be an astrologer and have a relative normal life. You have to come from calamity and chaos, from a house of divorce, from a house of constant movement. I'm joking. But the reality is that this Uranus contact is something that is actually thought of as being an astrological contact, especially when that Uranus is prominent within the charts of people. And so if you have a quote unquote strong Uranus, then that could be a sign of you being a skillful astrologer, particularly the hard aspect of Mercury and Uranus. And I don't even know if that means that you can be a skillful astrologer. It means that your mind doesn't work in such a linear way that you can't practice astrology. The people who struggle the most at practicing good astrology are people whose minds work in a linear way that knows no deviation. And as an astrologer, we have to, in the words of Miyamoto Musashi, who was a great Japanese samurai in the Renaissance, Miyamoto Musashi said that a great samurai has to be able to see out of both corners of his eyes. 
And that is an astrological skill. As an astrologer, you have to be able to see out of both corners of your eyes. You cannot be so myopic that you only see what's in the front of you, which is why a lot of the times when I hear people who are sticklers for the astrological rules and who are sticklers because this is what Julius Firmicus Materna said and this is what Masha Allah said and he did not say anything else than that, I don't necessarily believe those people have good astrological powers. And when I speak about powers, I'm speaking about the actual ability, the cultivated powers that come through practice of actually practicing a magical subject. Astrology is a technical field, but it's also a magical subject. And the powers that we cultivate as astrologers are something that often is a set of abilities that often defies most of what is written down in astrological textbooks. Very often it confirms what we find in astrological textbooks, but it also defies a lot of what we see in the astrological textbooks. And whenever I hear a person who is very gung-ho and caught up within practicing the astrology this way, because this is how Masha Allah did it, and this is how Dorotheus did it, and this is how Al-Kabisi did it, and this is how Ibn Ezra did it, and all of these things, it's a very unimpressive and one-dimensional thing for me and astrology isn't a one-dimensional subject. Astrology is raw chaos that we've learned to tame and the only way you can tame raw chaos is if there is a part of you that isn't afraid to step into chaotic waters and allow yourself to navigate the gap or navigate the fjord, navigate the schism between two contradictory ideas. Because that's what astrology is. Astrology is allowing ourselves to step into the liminal space between two contradictions and getting those two contradictions to sing within a particular way that they end up singing back to a person the specific song that is their song within this lifetime. And if you have a problem being in the chaos of that, and if while swimming within the chaos of that, you feel as if you yourself are being destroyed by the sheer contradiction of trying to do that, then astrology probably isn't the right thing for you. There are many things that are good for people who can only think in a linear way, but astrology isn't one of them. And when you have the hard aspect of Mercury and Uranus, then you're not really a linear thinker. You have the ability to do the chaotic inner work necessary to tame the chaos that everybody's birth chart contains. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you. If you're enjoying these Q&A segments and you'd like to work with either myself or an OSA-certified astrologer, then by all means check out our website where you can book yourself a high-quality astrological consultation today. Also, I answer many of these questions and more in my book, Mastering Traditional Astrology, A Depth of Beginning in the Celestial Art, which you can buy a copy of on Amazon.com.